Okay, welcome back everybody to the 85th episode of the My Generation podcast. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be speaking with actress and podcast presenter Noreen from the With Noreen podcast. Today we're going to be discussing her experiences uh, getting into acting, why she started acting, but also how lockdown has affected her perspective and experience when it comes to that and how that eventually led into her beginning her own podcast where she begins to speak with fellow creatives, actors, directors and also does workshops with some of her guests. As well as that, in today's show we've also got our weekly features which you'll come to have known and loved with Harry Mundy and Sammy Bacon's film and album reviews and three new features Emma Custon's poetry readings Joe Finnegan's video game reviews and Tom Axtell's pirate profiles do stay tuned here on the show to capture all of those as we go and if you're watching along on YouTube you'll see a graphic on the screen right now as well where you can follow along with each part of the show as well so if there's a specific part of Noreen's story you want to hear you can go straight there and find out but firstly welcome to the show Noreen Hi, Max. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for coming on the show today, Noreen. Really appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to start really with, we're going to take it all the way back to the beginning, before lockdown, uh, before the podcast. I, I really wanted to know where your desire and love for acting first came from. Well, uh, Max, it came from me being a child and a very expressive one at that. I did not fare very well at the academic side of school um, other than English I did very very well at English and I did very well in the art so drama and dance but when it came to the sciences and maths I was not good at all and for an Indian student or, or Indian ethnic origin um, that was a that was a big fail um, and my family were not very happy so um, I was always being pushed to become more academic, more academic and uh, undertake even uh, university degrees in this kind of academia. But knowing deep down inside my heart that I was always unhappy, I was always having to go the extra mile within those particular uh, applying, applying myself in those particular sciences. And um, there was always this bright, bubbly, uh, effervescent child there that was just really good when it came to dance and drama and and art. I studied, I, I took a proper academic study and I uh, have been in procurement for the last like 12 years. And I decided only recently back in 2018 to get into the thing that really uh, blossomed, that blossomed as a child. So I've only recently been acting for like the last two years, I'd say. Amazing. And you've been doing that in both short films and theatre as well. Um, could you maybe talk through? So it's been 2018. That's when it all started. What was the, the first sort of proper production you were a part of then? So I was part of a production called Singing in the Rain. Um, it's a Gene Kelly classic, which I'm sure many people have watched. Um, and I got the opportunity to audition and be part of Chorus. It was interesting. Um, I had to learn uh, tap dance, which was very alien to me and goes against my natural skills of being an Indian dancer um, as, our, as Indian dancing is very open and wide and more focused on hand movements, whereas something like tap dancing is all about the feet. Um, so I had, to, uh, I had to learn that very quickly and I had to learn acting very quickly and I didn't actually have any acting uh education as such i didn't i didn't train anywhere i literally just walked in i was like hi i would like to join what can you know 
please, can I be part of this? And they loved my singing and they, they really loved my personality, which I think is very important when you're working with people. And I got to be part of Ensemble. It was really interesting. It was hard work for six months where I went to rehearsals twice a week, every Wednesday after work. So I literally come home, make a quick dinner, run over to rehearsals. And then uh, on Sundays where I would just do the rehearsal from like three until seven at night. So for six months, I was, it was pure dedication, unpaid, but it was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I was very proud, proud to be part of the Finchley and Frame Barnet Operatic Society, which did that production. Wow, incredible. And obviously, as you mentioned there at the end, the, the balance of a work life and this other part of you, which was starting to blossom, the, the acting. Um, now that you've obviously taken on a few more productions uh, leading up to before lockdown, uh, what was it like balancing, you know, when more stuff was coming in, the short films, other stage pieces? How did you find that balance in your life with your, you know, full-time job and committing to this uh, hobby and becoming something very fruitful in the evening? So I am really lucky to have a uh, very understanding employer. I am a supply chain manager at the moment. So I work in the profession that I work in is, is otherwise known as procurement. Uh, it's a nine to five job. And literally as soon as it hits five, I become this, this other person, <laughs> which people don't know me as inside the office. Um, and I would take my annual leave to go uh, to work on these projects. So some of the more recent filming projects that I did, um, I, I, which were short films, I had to take annual leave from my work to undertake those, but it was an absolute pleasure to do that. And when I undertook formal training to start learning on how to be an actor and what acting truly is versus what I had just known as a child, I uh, took night school. I went to a school otherwise known as the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. I undertook a long course with them, which was done at night and I literally used to come from work again, have a quick bite, get changed and take the car and drive straight over to class and then be there until like 10, come back at 11 at night, straight to bed. And I did that twice a week. Wow. And that requires such a level of commitment, doesn't it? Because it, it, everyone else there is probably in the same boat as you with uh, that full-time commitment alongside. And I think uh, on episode 58 of the show, we spoke with Dorothea Faccini, another uh, theatre and film actress. And uh, she spoke about having that understanding employer or a job that's quite flexible so that when you know productions do come up, it's one where your hours can be a little bit more malleable. So it's always uh, there's an extremely important part of acting when you know the work can be so consistent and then inconsistent but um obviously you've been super busy with not only your full-time job but the acting and then uh coming up towards lockdown and uh in march uh, what did the sort of hit of lockdown do for the acting side of, of your work straight away so it was very unfortunate um i was actually in the middle of filming a short film with a bunch of students they're lovely people actually um it was called Split Face, in which I had a double split personality and I commit a crime uh, against the person who I'm supposed to love. Um, and it came right in the middle of like the filming. I was supposed to do one, I had one more day left, lockdown came and it kind of disrupted everything and uh, it became very difficult. Now, in a situation where God gives you lemons, you have to make lemonade. And for sitting at home for all those months, we were not allowed to go to work, I couldn't film. I got very uh, creative with the idea of interviewing a different actors 
directors and producers all around the world in different corners of the world. Uh, and I created a show and that show is called With Noreen. Now you can get that show on Instagram or my Instagram page called uh, With Noreen. And I've interviewed so far approximately maybe 35 different artists throughout lockdown every week. And each artist was sharing their triumphs, their tribulations, uh, their failures, their lessons learned that they had uh, created a, a, within their acting career. And I found it super insightful and it was incredibly interesting. One week I was talking to an actor in um, Los Angeles who had written a book, who was now getting a screenplay written out of that so that he could star in the book that he created in, you know, from his own mindset all the way to you know, a normal jobbing actor who had just come off the set of uh, a production and who was literally going to do self-tapes for another one. And as you were speaking to each of these actors, you were really understanding the true lifestyle, the true challenges of what this industry really is. And it made me realize how jaded, at least my opinion was of, of being an actor. So, so for yourself, obviously that so much variety gives you a wealth of knowledge. This almost sort of came from a place of really discovery and you wanting to find out what the world of acting meant in a time where really we couldn't do that by just going out and performing. So you, you really started it from that educational perspective. One thing I did want to ask them were some of maybe your uh, favorite moments uh, from guests that you've had on your show. Have there been any sort of really poignant, like you said, where you said you had a completely different perspective before doing these interviews. Um, could you maybe refer to a couple of moments that you've had where a guest has said something that's had a paradigm shift in your uh, focus on acting? You know, uh, Max, I have been so lucky to have had some incredible guests on my show who have really opened up their lives, their, you know, their every second of their life to me. Um, I would start with probably the most touching interview that I had was with a gentleman by the name of Christopher Lee Power, who uh, started his life as a drug addict and who uh, was in prison for the crimes he had committed, um, mainly within uh, taking drugs and having a, quite an abused childhood. And how he was sitting in prison and he realized that this was not the lifestyle that he wanted. But he, one thing, and he, and he was not academically um, inclined, but the one thing that always made him smile was being someone who he wasn't. And that was what drew him to acting. And after, I'd say, a 25 to 30 year struggle of coming out of prison, uh, you know, talking about what it was like to kind of go to his first, you know, teacher to learn acting and moving forward beyond that, he's now having his life as, a, you know, his own biography written into a screenplay. He's now, he's, he's casting for it. It's being produced by Channel 4. And that was an incredible story of how, if you truly, even uh, through the most trying situation in your life, anything, and I mean anything, can happen for you. And it was one of the most moving, touching interviews I've ever had. Um, for those who are listening now and, you, and you're really intrigued by this interview with Christopher Lee Power, you can watch it on my YouTube channel. Um, which is called With Noreen. And you'll be able to find that episode there and you'll be able to hear him and see him because uh, this is a visual podcast. 
you can see him talking to me over Instagram live of, of exactly what happened to him in his life. Wow. It's such, such an inspirational story. And you're obviously feeding off of this such positive energy. I mean, there, there's going to be people out, um, you know, listening, maybe that's very interested in how we make these connections. Because, you know, part of the reason that I started my podcast, and maybe it's the same for you is, you know, networking and building up this wealth of, you know, amazing contacts who are incredibly inspirational. How did you find these actors to get in touch with the, these incredibly intimate and detailed stories? Where did you go about contacting these people? Um, it was through Instagram, which is, I think, a great a great portal of and a great way to talk to people. It was also through uh, recommendations. People had started to see my interviews um, through the likes of Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, where I also have my pages. And I started getting actors come and speak to me uh, about the work that I was doing, mainly because I was highlighting the everyday actor versus people who highlight those who only have a celebrity or cult following. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong in that, but what I am saying is, is that the real gems in this world are actually, are actually within those who are ordinary people walking down the street, who you would walk by, they really have a true story to tell. And that's what my uh, channel you know, captures. And there are just like the example of Christopher Lee Power, there are other examples of actresses and actors who have had come from different backgrounds. Some have been graduates who have, you know, somehow, you know, through hard work, through having, you know, principals teachings for three to four years, have made it to the screen. And there are some that just came through as models um, who had to go back to find specialized acting teachers, private acting teachers to cultivate their career so they can end up on Hollyoaks, so they can end up, you know, in, in big Bollywood blockbusters. So, you know, these interviews are, really uh, to challenge your own perception of what you think the industry is versus what it truly is because each of these actors are really opening up to some of their worst nightmares their worst auditions their best auditions their tips their tricks on how they have managed to make things in this uh, things in this very difficult industry work for them yeah, uh, couldn't be more true. And I think I echo that with uh, my podcast on a more general scale with that um, boots on the ground, the the average person story. And, um, you know, when at the end of the show, like we do every week, we tease ahead to future topics. One of the guests that I'm going to be teasing ahead to is a musician that was recommended by another guest. And that power of networking is, is so strong in this uh, smaller podcast world. Now, I've got still so many more questions to ask Noreen about her podcast, about her journey. And uh, we're going to be going to that all in just a moment, but we're going to go to our first two weekly features here on the My Generation podcast. And it's the two that you know best. They've been going since March. It's Sammy Bacon and Harry Monday. Sammy every week brings us a album recommendation from his collection of albums that he listens to. And here for you all is the album that Sammy would love to recommend this week. Right, what's going on everybody? Uh, this week recommending you the Speedy Wonderground year four compilation speedy wonderground is one word and so a u instead of an o speedy wonderground is the label of south london uh producer dan carey and it is a um a label which is uh has released singles of so many of the best young uh bands in the uk bands like um black midi squid sinead o'brien to name but a few and 
the and at the end of every year they do a um, a compilation album of all the singles they released this year and um, the fourth one is one I've listened to and it is very good uh, the first it has the first few tracks are by Black Nitty Squid and Scotty Brains um, oh and the fourth track's Black Country New Road how could you forget um, yeah uh, Speedy Wonderground's a fantastic label to just check out and know about Dan Carey as a producer as well has so many interesting and just has a great production style um, apparently worth Speedy Wonderground when they're writing a single um, the whole thing needs to be done in one day and whatever is done in that day is in the song it's about sort of capturing the song on that day I guess yeah it has BM 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 which was the f- first single off Black Moody's debut album I think anyway that's just this um, weirdly repetitive but disturbing track it just has this kind of just um, one guitar line and bass and it just goes for the whole song there's this swirling distorted vocal sample just twirls and swirls and does other stuff <laughs> around the song just bomb bomb it's one of the most yeah dis- most disorienting songs I've heard Black Country New Road are great with Athens Athens France um, with a few British reference Black Country New Road debut album should be announced soon well it's probably been announced by the time that this has come out so you're hearing me yabber on about nothing anyway Speedy Wonderground year four it's on Spotify um, it's on all that stuff check out the bands on Speedy Wonderground a lot of them are worth checking out um, yeah Speedy Wonderground year four Black Country New Road Squid Black Midi, Sinead O'Brien, others. Nice. And thank you for that, Sammy. We'll tune in with Sammy once again next week to find out what his next album review is. Do let us know in the comments whether you're listening on YouTube, SoundCloud, or Spotify, what you think of the albums that Sammy recommends. I'd love to know what you think in the comments. If you've got any that he would need to listen to as well, if there's an album that you love that he hasn't covered yet, please let us know. Next, we're moving on to Harry Monday. Harry is our film expert based in Canterbury who gives us a film review every single week. He's also studying film. It's the perfect blend. And here is the film that Harry would love to share with you all this week. This week's film recommendation from Dear Old Harry is the unsprung film Silver Linings Playbook. Now, this movie did garnish a bit of praise at the Oscars, but when this came out... I didn't hear a word of it till years later while I was forced to watch this as part of my film studies in college. And I honestly missed out on one of the most, well, heartbreaking, most emotional stories I've ever seen. The movie follows uh, Bradley Cooper's character and Jennifer Lawrence's character. It follows them through both of them dealing with severe mental health issues. Like Bradley's character has got extreme bipolar see Jennifer Lawrence's character deal with the turmoil of a false marriage and it's just so heartwarming to just see these two characters come together and find sort of fixes for each other in each other's broken pieces it's just so beautiful and I will happily say this is one of the very few movies I've shed a tear at and it deserved all the Oscars it got going back to Bradley Cooper's character the utter just pleasure of seeing mental health shown in just such a raw true way is mad like this is one of the movies where it's best shows 
what bipolar is like to a person. Shows how it affects family, shows how it affects everyone. Shows what it does to a person's past, to their future. And it's just so mind-boggling just to see that acted out so perfectly by every character in this. And I recommend you go see that straight away. And thank you for that, Harry. We'll once again tune in with Harry next week to find out his next film review. Do stay tuned for later on in the show where three of our relatively new features, Emma Kelson's poetry readings, Joe Finnegan's video game reviews, and Tom Axtell's pirate profiles all join us here on the show. So they will be later on in the show and don't forget to view the timestamps to go to whatever part of the story uh, you would like to hear next most. So heading back to Noreen to continue our discussion about acting and podcasting. Uh, I wanted to just go through what's going to be coming next really now that the world is starting to open up a little bit more Noreen uh, has there been sort of any moves for you heading back in the direction of your acting or has the sort of podcasting uh, more taken over your side of that life that creative side of you well Max I have to say coronavirus has been very good to me uh, and it's opened up an incredible portal through uh, my work as, as having my own show, which is on Instagram, as I said. Um, I've managed to find an agent. The agent was quietly watching me, actually, over the last uh, four to five months, my work and the way I was conducting myself as a presenter. And she absolutely loved it. And she approached me and I have agreed to work with her. And now we're just working on uh, getting a couple of scenes filmed so I have more to show in terms of uh, my potential as an actor and also to have some headshots done so that's an incredible position to be in when you think of the fact that two years ago I did not know how to act (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I never thought it would happen and then as for the show itself it's blowing up I am having uh, I mean, I have a four-month waiting list now for stars well future (laughs) stars of the world as I like to call them because they are the future stars of the world um, for, you know, to, to be interviewed by myself. And I am trying to, you know, change the show's format. I'm trying to get live musicians on, live singers to come on the show as well, because again, it's all visual. So you can actually see these people um, on, on, on the face of it. And I'm trying to, you know, make, make it really interactive. And I think that's one of the, another really lovely things about my show. If you are an audience member, you can literally come on the Instagram live and you can ask questions to these actors and they interact with you. They tell you the answer to these questions and you really do feel part of of an audience experience. And um, that's something, again, you know, my following has increased as a result of, of Corona too. So coronavirus has been very, very good to me, Max. I have really enjoyed it. I shouldn't be saying that, but I have. I I know what you mean because even though this time has been you know so so tragic overall, it's had so so many silver linings that have ended up coming from it uh, in terms of social media, in terms of creativity. Uh, I've spoken with people in the the gaming and streaming sector and how that industry is absolutely skyrocketing because of the time people have at home, but the the desire to interact socially. You couldn't be more right. Is that people want to be able to be social. So would you say that these podcast styles, these live ones now, they're almost sort of like that substitute when people haven't been able to go out. You almost feel like you're in the room with them listening, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there uh, there is an education value. There is a performance value. 
Um, and I think also audiences are changing. An audience that would have originally sat in the cinema for two and a half hours watching a movie, uh, it's not so appealing anymore. And coronavirus has made that come out even more. So it's a great time actually to have these kinds of platforms developed, collaborating with artists, um, whether they're known or not. And I think it's an, and I think it's also a great time for artists to talk about what their careers have yielded them. It's a real taboo for some reason, especially as an actor or a director. Oh, I've only directed three plays, so I don't really want to talk about it. Well, I disagree. Those three plays could be very important. They could have taught a lot of experience. They could have taught you a lot of lessons and it could have been humongous milestones within your life within those three, just those three simple plays that you did. Um, but there are so many people out there that want to learn from that because whilst we live in an educational world where we're taught the basic principles of how to make a film or the basic principles of how to act, no one tells you the nitty gritty underneath that. <laughs> so these podcasts or uh, these chat shows which are talking to normal people who are trying to develop their lives so that they can be at the top of their game and receive an Oscar, um, are willing to open up and talk about that because once they reach that platform they won't be able to yeah and and i think it's so true i mean like the the dream is ultimately to have someone come on you know your show or my show who then ends up skyrocketing to fame mm-hmm. and then you can look back and say you know this is where it all started and when you said about the the sort of keeping hush hush uh, again i can speak from personal experience i am someone who has one playwright credit under my belt and after the play i i thought people would be very interested in you know talking about the story amongst themselves but the amount of peers that saw the play and were asking me about what it was like to write it i thought that wasn't the bit that i was expecting people to be inquisitive about so i think you're right do you think the audiences are now but when you said they're changing it's almost like when they consume media they don't just think about the story of the media they almost think about how it's made as well now don't they that the internet has really allowed us to question a lot you only need to look at the state of politics in the world to realize how people are questioning things what would have been okay and normal is now something that people want to question because people are yearning to learn more outside of what they only know. And that comes down to accepting something on the face of it, i.e. a play is a play and this is, a, a, you know, this was this, the context or the story within the play, but also how the play was made, how long it took, how many people were involved, how much it cost to make it. And I think that there's all the, the second reason about that is because as human beings, because of the fact that we have so much more information available to us, our minds are expanding, but our potential within ourselves is also expanding. So someone who would have thought to themselves five years or six years ago, I would never think of writing a play, is now waking up to thinking, you know what, I think I might write a play. And yeah. because they do these podcasts and they think, and they've heard that someone else can do it, with a minimum budget, for example, or with what started off to be quite a, an, an, an odd idea, but grew into something incredibly novel and successful, it inspires people to think of what they can do themselves. That's also, that's just my own personal opinion, Max. What do you think? No, I couldn't agree more. And I think that it's something that helps accelerate that is the, the kit is just getting so much more accessible you know, Mm. 50 to 100 years ago, you know, the idea of having a camera that could shoot 
anything close to decent was uh, very difficult, even even more recently. But now smartphones can you can have a film uh, made in seconds on it. There have been feature films that have had cinema rotation shot on iPhones. You've had um, you know musicians start entire careers from their bedroom. I know Billie Eilish started. I think she recorded most of her first album on her, her brother's bed, like just sat on the perched on the corner of it, recording into a, a microphone in their house. Uh, so I couldn't agree more with that because you, you, you're right. It's instilling this. Anyone can come from that. And I think then when you go back and watch those old interviews, these interviews we're, we're recording right now through lockdown and many other podcasts are doing out there too, are going to be the base where we go back and look and think, wow, look, they did that and I can do that too. So that's, that's fascinating. I, I couldn't agree more. Max, you know, to add to that as well, I think our world needs hope. We all live of hope. If we didn't live of hope, we would just be living for a Groundhog Day. Now, we've all experienced a bit of a Groundhog Day through coronavirus where we were not allowed to go out. If we were, it was only to go out to the pharmacy or it was only to go to the grocery store. And I'm talking about the serious part of lockdown, not the easing up of lockdown. And I think being in that Groundhog Day was like, whoa. It, it, it made people question so many different things in their lives, personal lives, work lives, everything. And the thing that it made me realize is that, you know, there is, there, we need hope in this world. And by people sharing their stories on a podcast platform or on an Instagram live platform, you are allowing people to know that there is, there is hope out there. Yeah. And, and I think people are, became more open right at the start of lockdown because, you know, it, you look no further than the TV that was around at the time. Celebrities were filming from their homes on Zoom calls into mm-hmm. shows they were on. You, you got, uh, f- for me, there's almost nothing more personal than having, you know, like your bedroom or your living room or your kitchen behind you as your backdrop as you're talking. It's, it's so revealing of you as a person. And mm-hmm. that I think immediately made people feel more comfortable because they're in their home they're in the home environment but then also the entire world can see your state of living which is something (laughs) even more personal and the fact that people have been open enough to share that um you know you're seeing adverts for supermarkets in in homes everything is feeling quite homemade at the minute and uh, Mm. i think that is another way of giving hope that you sort of brought up there where like people are making things that feel very intimate at the moment documentaries short films Mm the content is king really. And then the delivery of it is almost secondary, whether you're shooting on a massive camera or not, obviously cinematic is great. And I'm a film student, so I love that top end, but also the, the lower end, the, the zoom calls done from living rooms, they're just as fascinating. Couldn't agree more. what do you think about that? Yes. I, Max, you raised some really, really good points. And I agree with, I agree with the premise of what you're saying. Corona has changed the world. Change is upon us, whether we like it or not. Mm. And I think with the demise of theatre, I really hope that it doesn't demise too much. I just hope that it's just a, it's just a waiting out period for now. But with the demise of theatre and with this whole new way of, of producing media, like you mentioned about the gaming industry, for example. Yes, I know it's, 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 it, it still is media, whether you know, it's just gaming. Um, but we need to be more open to it because that's the only way that we will develop through it. And with the lemons that we have been given, Mm -hmm. we will make some seriously good lemonade. 
Absolutely. And and the last thing I'll say before we go to our next uh, three features is, you know, even the art forms that have been hit the hardest have been adapting. So the Marlowe Theatre, which is the, the closest theatre to me, have been doing many little outdoor performances as well, right outside. So I've got a, sort of a big open space right outside of the of the theatre so that there's still theatre content happening in a time when no one can actually go through uh, into the main stage, which is just beautiful. So um, I've got two more questions for Noreen as we, as we bring the episode to a close. Uh, I feel like we could talk for hours about this, but um, we're going to next move into our three newest additions to the My Generation podcast. It's Emma Cusson's poetry readings, Joe Finnegan's video game reviews, and Tom Axtell's pirate profiles. Firstly, we go to Thanet-based poet Emma. Every single week, she brings us a personal poem from her poetry collection. And here is the poem that Emma would love to share with you all this week. It's funny how long you can know someone, of someone. A glance across the room, an acquaintance in the crowd. The sorry after you, jig in the doorway you both so happen to be passing through. A stranger on the lips, dancing behind your teeth and on your tongue, gestured in the most unlikely of conversations. A stranger to your hips. And oh, how they move when you become lost amongst music. But life threw us into the most unlikely of situations. You were my partner in geography, now my partner in crime. You was my secondary school crush. Well, you still are. But now I don't have to admire you from afar. The person I would double take to as you pass me by. Now the person with the welcoming fragrance as we hug after a long goodbye. Do you remember how we met? Falling behind your work just because you wanted to annoy me for one moment longer. I say annoying blindly, as there was nothing annoying about the smile you put on my face. It's unlikely to think we dance in the same solitary summer fields to bands oh so loud. Now you're the one holding my hand, guiding me through the crowd. And I believe you hated me once. Did I get that right? Now I'd hate to think of life without you if I'm completely transparent. It's unlikely at best how long you can know someone, of someone, before they become a significant someone. Thank you for that, Emma. Once again, we'll tune in with Emma next week to find out what her next poetry reading is. Really appreciate Emma sharing her personal stories with us on the show, converted into the beautiful art of poetry that she shares. Uh, next, we're going to, you know, we've spoken video games a little bit, and this man is someone I've spoken streaming and what that's affected the world with so much, so much. It's Joe Finnegan. He brings us a video game review every single week to the show from a plethora of different places. So whether you're a console player, PC, you know anywhere retro consoles as well jo joe is trying to bring us something for everyone and here is the game that he wants to recommend for you all this week cheers max today i'm going to talk about a game from one of the most popular game series which is final fantasy however it's probably not the first game in the series which comes to mind final fantasy 14 is a massively multiplayer online rpg kind of comparable to world of warcraft but with a bit of a final fantasy polish applied to it the game follows a typical levelling system where it's up to you what kind of role you want to play. You could choose to be at the front of the action controlling the battle or you could be a defensive character whose role is to heal other players within your party. 
The game encourages you to team up with other players, but even when you're not, you'll be able to interact with hundreds of other players in different in-game areas. There's also a lot of side content, such as the Gold Saucer, which allows you to play a load of really fun mini-games, such as Chocoway Racing and Casinos. If you're familiar with this kind of game, then you'll know that it can be very time-consuming and repetitive at times, but for me, this has been a really good remedy during the pandemic lockdown, just to take my mind away from everything that's going on right now. You can currently pay £35 for Final Fantasy XIV and all of its expansions, but bear in mind that after an initial 30-day period that comes with the game, you then have to pay a monthly subscription fee of £8.99. Back over to Max. And thank you for that, Joe. Really appreciate that. We'll speak again with Joe next week to find out what his next game review is. Have you played any of the games that Joe's reviewed on the podcast? I want to hear what you think in the comments, or you can contact the Facebook page at the My Generation Podcast. Now, we're going to go back to Noreen in just a moment to ask our final two questions, but we have Tom Axtell next. Um, when we did our one-year anniversary of the special uh, for the show, uh, we found out that Tom Axtell was a little bit of a pirate uh, connoisseur. He seems to know everything about pirates and, and the history of them and their stories and so every single week on the show uh, starting only a few weeks ago he has been bringing pirate stories of old and here is the pirate that tom would like to tell you all about this week hello and welcome to tom's prolific pirate profiles today we are talking about thomas II. thomas II arrived in bermuda in 1692 without much information about his youth too probably had a wealthy family in rhode island he served as a privateer on English ships and was soon made the captain of a ship called the Amity Venture. With permission from the governor of Bermuda, Thomas received permission to attack French ships and colonies along the African coast. Alongside Captain George Drew, he was meant to join the Royal Africa Company. However, after a storm damaged Drew's ship, two decided to turn to piracy. It was easy enough to persuade his crew as the original plan didn't pay well and was also extremely risky. With a course set for the Red Sea, two encountered a great Indian ship, which contained over 300 soldiers. Two and his crew decided to attack, and after only a short battle, two emerged victorious, and each crew member received a share of over £3,000. Discovering from those captured that the ship was part of a convoy, two were to attack further. Most of the crew disagreed, and so they sailed from Madagascar. Soon after this, two travelled back to Rhode Island and managed to obtain a pardon. After a while though, he grew bored and thought that the call to the sea was too great to resist and he took command of a new ship and sailed towards the Red Sea. In 1695, two attacked a ship belonging to the Great Mogul. This was not as successful as the last battle, with two being mortally wounded by cannon fire. Two was disemboweled by a cannonball. Many of Tu's men were immediately executed, and the rest died in pr prison in India. Tu's career as a pirate was short, but successful. He became known as one of the richest pirates in history, and that was the story of Thomas Tu. Thank you for that story, Tom. Really appreciate it. That is Tom Axtell's pirate profile. So let us know what you think of the, of the wild card of the My Generation podcast in the comments. We're now going back to Noreen as we start to wrap up this week's episode of the show. And uh, Noreen, I'd love to ask, uh, there might be someone listening who has seen your podcast, seen the, the depth of episodes I've got on my show as well. Uh, and they might have a a burning desire to start their own podcast as well based on the a, a creative niche they have what advice would you have to people who are looking to start podcasts right now it's a very good question my advice is be yourself be professional because at the end of the day you know you're dealing with people 
and uh, choose something which you're comfortable talking about, but you're also comfortable to facilitate. Because you're telling the story, because you're helping someone tell their story, you're essentially facilitating it. So um, I would always suggest, you know, maybe if you have some experience with that, or you can do a day course on it to just amp up your skills, then that would be really good. Lovely, lovely stuff. Now, um, before we go into our last question with Noreen, I just want to tease ahead to a few more of the topics we've got coming up here on the My Generation podcast over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I mentioned earlier on in the show when we were talking about uh, connections and how people will go from one guest to the next because they have those connections and friends. Musician Aid Lewis is coming on the show to talk about uh, some of his latest work and we're going through his music creating process. Uh, different musicians' music creating process is something we cover all the time on the show i love exploring different genres and aid's got a really beautiful silky smooth style of music and i'm very excited to share his story very soon uh, next interview we have is aaron frith we've had him on the show before he was talking about his swing singing but this is a very different one and actually quite in line with this week so if you're a fan of this week's episode you'll really want to stay tuned for aaron's he uh, was a film extra on 1917 and uh, christopher robin and so in this episode he talks about what it's like being on set of uh, the grand 1917 uh, Sam Mendes film shot to look like it was uh, done in one silky smooth take and very excited to go behind the scenes and find out what that was like from the perspective of an extra as he was playing a soldier at the start of the movie. And the last of our topics that we've got coming up in the next few weeks is Abby Anderson-Jones. Uh, we're talking all things language in that one. We're talking about the Welsh language as she is learning it. We're talking about why smaller languages need to be sort of preserved and what their place in the world is, um, different tips and tricks she's got for developing and learning a new language. So stay tuned if that is for you. Now, we're going back to Noreen. This is the question that we ask at the end of every single episode of the My Generation podcast. So Noreen, I'd love to know from you, what do you think you've learned uh, by speaking over the last 30 to 40 minutes about um, your podcast and your acting? What do you think this talk today has taught you? I think this talk has really taught me that I'm definitely going on the right path in terms of uh, my show uh, with Noreen as well as my acting career. I think this show has also taught me that we need more collaboration. Um, we can each have our own opinions, but we don't have to oppose each other all the time. I think the world works better when we are harmonized, we collaborate, we communicate transparently and openly. And there are so many gains in this world to be had if we have more of a collaborative mindset. At the moment, the world is going through so much flux all over the world with huge numbers of protests that are happening, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think if you, if you can take a collaborative stance on something, you're, you, you may be more successful at, at what you want to achieve uh, rather than being renegade and a little maverick and kind of just doing it on your own so that's what uh this last 30 to 40 minutes has taught me lovely stuff well thank you for sharing that noreen uh, i couldn't have put it better myself it's uh, the collaboration we've all had in this time is has been something that's kept me going and and many of us i, I do a a weekly feature on bbc radio kent that has allowed me to connect with even more new people in this time really focused me and the, the ability to connect with 
so many people when I physically can't leave the house is so strong. And I've been living with family members. So going out hasn't been as easy for me as, uh, as most people. So I've been coming out a little bit later, but being able to still be indoors and feel like the world's at my fingertips couldn't be more right. And I've been listening through to some of Noreen's stuff. It's well worth going and listening to. I know she's said the name of it a million times in the show as well. And so have I, but I'm going to also put the links in the description, wherever you're listening, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, also the Facebook page. So if you want to go and find her work, it's all there. Please follow Noreen on Instagram because then you can, you can get them live. Can't you Noreen? Instead of just seeing them afterwards. You know, Max, I would love for your audience to come on live to the show and uh, interact with some of these actors. And, you know, Max, just to add to that, my show is not just about interviewing actors. I really want to give back to the acting community and the world. So I've been taking some initiatives by working with acting teachers um, as of throughout the month of September, starting from tomorrow, uh, which is the 8th of September Every Tuesday, I am going to be working on Instagram Live with a teacher in the United States of America, working, giving free, free acting workshops. Now, I appreciate that there are going to be people around the world who cannot afford acting classes during coronavirus. So I have, again, through the power of um, collaboration, I'm collaborating with an acting teacher. His name is Jared. Um, and he is going to be teaching the audience using myself as a dummy, so to speak, um, mm. these acting, uh, these acting techniques. So we'll be covering emotional relationships. We'll be covering uh, characters' obligations. We're going to be covering the blueprint audition, and we're also going to be covering some other topics too. Now, if you miss them, I understand you may have missed them. You can go back and you can watch it on my YouTube channel, which is with Noreen, um, where you can find all of those uh, workshops there. But you also find other workshops such as uh, American accent workshops, British accent workshops, um, and some Meisner technique workshops as well. So that's one side of, uh, sorry, that's another side, I should say, of what I do uh, with my show. Then the third side is actually we're supporting, we're trying to champion uh, charities from around the world as well. So we recently just did a 45-minute special show where we are championing the country of Tanzania. And the girls who are living in the villages of Tanzania who cannot afford period pads. Now I know you're probably laughing at home saying, well, what's that got to do with acting? I think a huge part of an actor's life in this world is we are reflecting the condition of society. And we do that through the roles that we play, whether it's an axe murderer, whether it's a mother who is single and doesn't have the money to support the family in the film. We are, we are, reflecting, the, we are reflecting the condition of, of, the, of the world. And um, through that, I'm a huge advocate of uh, charity. And as such, that's why I'm trying to help a, at the moment, at least for this month, I'm trying to help a Tanzanian charity obtain three, uh, 3,000 pads, period pads for 3,000 girls who live in villages. Now they miss like 60 days of school um, because they are menstruating and they can't get to schools in their villages. So this 
program is about donating like five dollars so you can give a girl a period pad which is a reusable one which is cleaned in water without chemicals and it will last them for a good year and they can get to school so it's another string to the world that i'm creating called called with noreen and like this charity there'll be many other causes which i'll be you know championing to do with animals, to do with other things that are going on in the world. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just another reason to support and be positive and to come to the platform that I'm creating, which will enhance society, enhance those who cannot afford acting classes, as well as enhance our knowledge so that we can be better by learning, at the, learning from those who are doing well as actors, directors, and producers incredible what what a beautiful note to end on noreen and obviously this podcast is pre-recorded 7th of september is the day we're recording this so uh some of the work that noreen's been doing for this may already be there on her instagram so what we're talking about right now might be happening as you go over to with noreen and, and view all that incredible content please go and support her over there because yeah it's not just the acting it's uh the world over and and acting i mean a lot of actors get into this role because of what they want to imprint on the rest of the world so uh, it couldn't be more of a, a poetic way to close the show thank you so much noreen for joining me today thank you so much for having me max please continue to do the amazing work that you're doing collaborating with uh, artists throughout the united kingdom and even maybe in the future the world i wish you all the best and uh, please champion the great work that you do Thank you so much. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I'm hopefully branching the podcast out as far as possible because we, you know, we started off with just young people in the area of Kent, and the podcast has um, gone all across the UK now, and and we aim to even push that further out and further out. So if you're listening and you're anywhere across the world, please do still get in touch. The Facebook page is probably the best place to get in touch. If you feel like you want to come on the show and share your story as well, I'm always open for new guests all the time as I uh, champion at the end of every single episode. So please do come along. That has been Noreen's story with Noreen, the podcast, the show, the brand. Go follow it on Instagram. That's the place to be. Links in the description of YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Thank you all so much for listening along, everyone. We've got so much great stuff coming up. We've got Aid Lewis, we've got Aaron Thrift, and we've got Abby Anderson Jones. That's AAA coming up on the My Generation podcast. Thank you all so much for listening along. And it is a goodbye from Noreen. Goodbye, guys. Thank you, everyone. And it's a goodbye from me. And we'll tune in with you all next Thursday for the next episode of the My Generation podcast.